Have you been called to do something bigger, something more meaningful with your life? Welcome to the Leap to Purpose podcast, where we explore the stories of those that have taken an entrepreneurial leap to follow their dreams and live their purpose. Hi, and welcome to the Leap to Purpose podcast. Today, my guest is Allison Caffrey. Allison's the founder and CEO of Operations Agency. She and her team are responsible for streamlining the back-end operations for a multitude of seven and eight-figure brands. I have a great conversation with Allison about her journey to starting her business and how she took the initial leap and the lessons she learned in doing that. We also talk about her advice to others looking to do the same. So with that, let's hear from Allison. Welcome, Allison. How are you doing today? I'm great, Kurt. How are you? I'm great. I'm glad to have you because we know each other from prior life and uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, likewise. I'm really excited to be here too. Yeah. So why don't we just start off with a little introduction and kind of what are you working on today? Yeah. So like you said, I'm Allison Caffrey, a founder CEO of Operations Agency. Um, and I think the thing we're best known for today is really helping, you know, kind of sort out that back of house, like unsexy ops work that kind of every business, uh, you know, really has to grapple with in that first kind of season of growth, right? So, you know, someone starts their business and they're really great at doing a thing that might be creative or a really unique way to get somebody a result. And then all of a sudden they need to be the HR manager and the financier and all these different things. Right. And really what we do is we help simplify and streamline those things for them, especially if business ownership is, is kind of their first go around. So if they don't have that prior experience, we bring the expertise and kind of the organization to a, uh, you know, formally disorganized business. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you're speaking my language because I'm uh, industrial engineering and kind of got into business process re-engineering and systems and processes are mm. kind of my my background. So I know how important that is to have kind of those structured and have something kind of that's repeatable and reliable and, and kind of you can depend on to automate a lot of that. Yeah, it definitely makes you feel a lot better when you put your head down <laughs> to sleep at night and you're not like up burning the midnight oil at like three o'clock in the morning doing a lot of things to work on your business. So yeah. it's definitely underrated, I would say. Yeah, for sure. And I think the irony is that structure and systems like actually give you freedom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, a lot of people feel like, oh, I can't structure this. I, you know, I'm I'm an entrepreneur. I need to be free. I need to be flexible. And mm -hmm. um, but I I really do think the the irony is that structure gives you even more freedom. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. I yeah. completely agree, especially when it comes to being able to make some of those more intuitive decisions in your business, knowing that we've got enough cash or knowing that the team can pull it off or knowing that we can onboard somebody very quickly, right? If it's a new client, a new venture, um, that provides kind of that safety net for somebody yeah. to be really creative and follow their intuition. Absolutely. So um, I want to back up a little bit. And so the, the whole um, podcast is focused on taking this leap to purpose or doing something meaningful. And so I'd like to go back to prior to you starting this business um, and just let's tell that story. You know, what were you doing and kind of how did you get the seedling to do something on your own? Because you could have leapt to another job, right? But you decided to leap to your own thing. And so I don't know, what, what were you doing and what's that story and thought process? 
Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot there and I think for everyone, right. There's probably a lot there. There are probably seasons of time where you're like, should I even be doing this or should I take this leap or or what's happening? Or is this even something that's going to fulfill me long-term or is this just like a right now thing? And so my start, I was one of the founding members and like first hires of a business that was like an entrepreneurial venture. And like me just out of college at the time I was hired as an EA And I had no idea pretty much what I was doing. (laughs) I mean, let's just be totally honest. I was really in a position in my life. My husband and I had just moved out to Colorado. He was in the military. So he had a very regimented path, at least for the next six years that we knew. And for me, it was more about figuring out what I wanted to do relating to a business. So I went in and took an EA job and I said, okay, well, I'll just try a little bit of everything. Right. And so that's kind of something that I think has really served me in just my business and in my life and with a lot of different things is that I had my hand in a lot of things growing that business, you know, from pretty much zero revenue to seven figures revenue in the first year. Mm-hmm. It was really eye-opening to see all of the different facets of a small business with a small team. I was one of four, remember? So like it was just, you know, everything was going from zero to a hundred in like the first hour of the day, every day. And, you know, we went went through some struggles operationally. I mean, some things were, you know, a little bit reactive and I really felt like, you know, in that moment in that business, I kind of found the, how do I put it? Like the really, really like visceral draw to helping organize things period. Mm. Right. I just felt like it made the relationships between the team members better, the relationships between us and the clients better. Um, you know, all of those things, right. were really nurtured by this like structured kind of understanding, right. This like agreement. So the very first like operational thing I did outside of EA ship in this business was I wrote a partner agreement for a venture that we were doing, um, you know, with one of our partners. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking that this was the most fulfilling and cool thing ever. I was (laughs) so happy. I remember thinking like, everyone's going to prosper. Everyone's going to make money. Everyone's going to be super happy. And then we're going to do this again, you know, in the next, because it was tying to our main live event. And so everyone was just going to be super happy. And after I did that agreement, I thought that my leap was going to be that I was going to leave that company and go to law school. I was like, I want to write contracts. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind at that time, I was like, I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm in ops. Cause at that point I was the ops manager of the company. It had been a couple of years since I had been there. And I was like, I'm going to go to law school. So I left that position and I immediately started LSAT prep courses. I was like, I'm going to do this. This is how it's going to go. And so once I got into this, I was like, hold on a second. I don't, I don't like this at all. Like, I don't, I'm pretty sure that this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. So my like initial leap was totally into the wrong thing. It was 100%. And I don't say that to discourage anybody listening to this, but I think that the thing I learned and I'll totally get to, you know, the part where I found my thing, but I think that like, not being afraid of not finding your thing immediately or too Mm. early on is something that I think there's a lot of negative talk around, right? In the marketplace today, it's like, be a specialist, choose your path, go super deep in the path. And you're like, well, wait a second. What if I'm still just like assessing the forest? Like what if I don't know where the path (laughs) is? And so that was definitely something that I feel a lot more confidently in after making that misstep or making that false leap, right? If you will, into becoming a lawyer or going to law school. Um, so yeah, that was, that was an interesting piece for me. Um, 
That's interesting. Cause I mean, I think that's a good point. It's like, it, it don't be afraid to leap and then leap again, because you know, it, it, uh, it's a process of figuring this out and, you know, you don't just get one chance to, to do it. Um, and, you know, I think there's uh that's a really powerful point to just like, if you feel like that's it, do it. And if it isn't, you're not stuck, you know, you can yeah. always do it. So how, what happened? You got, you started taking these <laughs> classes and then how did you, like, what happened next? Like, how did you go operations? That's, this is it. Yeah. So uh, we were living in Colorado still at the time I was taking these LSAT prep courses and we had just found out that my husband was being transferred to Nashville. And so we mm. were going to move to Nashville. And of course I started looking at, you know, law schools in Nashville and Vanderbilt, like, you know, very, very reputable universities here. They have an amazing, you know, law program. And I was like, I'm going to get into Vanderbilt. And I am at the time I was 22, 23, 23. And so I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be like a late <laughs> addition to this law program and I'm just going to be surrounded by a bunch of teenagers again or whatever. And so I started looking things up. And in the meantime, I had been reached out to by a couple of folks that I had worked with in the previous business. And they were like, Hey, can you do what you did for me for, you know, for that person, for me? So I was like, well, yeah, I mean, of course I can do that. And so as a side hustle to kind of start to make some money and generate some momentum to fund this law school dream, um, I started taking on contract work, doing ops management for other small businesses. And in the meantime, I had just like completely... Uh, I would say doubled my salary, right? In the sense that like I left that other position and I was making really good money and it kind of forced me to stop and think. I was like, I'm spending way more time streamlining these people's businesses than I am studying for the LSATs. I am making solid money, right? In terms of like, you know, my family and like the goals of growth and purpose to like serve that dream on my family side. And I'm just like, wow, okay. So instead of going through what we feel as like a really difficult and rigorous path, right? Everyone always says, like in order to have the, you know, the riches, you have to go through something horrible or you have to do all these crazy things. And I'm sitting here like, well, wait a second, you can take the easier path. Like this is like something that I felt was just very natural for me. And so by, I had left that business and started prepping, it was summer. So it was July by that August, the end of August, I was full with clients. I had a full <laughs> book of business for just me. And so it was really eye-opening because I was like, Hey, this is natural. It doesn't feel as difficult as studying for the LSATs. And, you know, also I had seemed to have hit a vein there, right? Like people really wanted the solution that I offered. And then I had this really serious thought about it. And I was like, you know what? Like there are millions of lawyers, you know, I don't need to be a lawyer. There's only one type of person or one type of business I could build like doing this. And that really, really spoke to me. And I was like, these people like really need my help other people who could need my help can find another lawyer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So your leap was a pull in a way. I mean, you, yes. you started getting contacted by some old you know, contacts you had and, and then started doing the work and like, cause I, I have you heard of Seth Godin? Do you know Seth mm -hmm. Godin yeah. and his yeah. new book called the practice, but he has a ton of books out there, but you know, he, in his new book, he says, um, you know, uh, do what you love is for amateurs. It's first love what you do, then you'll find what you love, then you'll do what you love. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of like you started doing the work 
and realized that that was your purpose or that was your calling. Um, and which is what he says is commit to the practice, like commit to the work yeah. and you'll find that that's what generates um, like motivation. You can't mm-hmm. wait and sit around till until you're motivated to then do the work. You start doing the work and the motivation gets created when it's the right thing. Yeah. I love that because it does, it generates momentum in a direction, right? It might not be the right one, but again, like we said before, if you're not afraid of making the wrong decision, you just know it's a decision. I think it's really helpful. And it really was for me, right? Like, I mean, doing the work, I would have never thought I could have a business, right? Yeah. But then I just started taking the steps each and each day. And I remember like buying my domain at like midnight because I had to send out a proposal to a client that I for sure wanted to think that I had my stuff together on the back end. <laughs> and so I like yeah. threw a website up really quick. And I just remember like kind of reacting to, okay, this is the next step if I'm going to kind of serve on this path. And I think to me, it's been um, definitely something that I never would have thought for myself. You know, I come from a family of folks who are in corporate, like they mm. have jobs and they're like executive vice presidents and like people who like have just traditional type positions and right. all of their advice was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, what are you doing? Take, take you don't have LSATs. a 401k yet. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? You don't. How's the studying of- <laughs> going? <laughs> yeah. So it was yeah. definitely, I wouldn't say uh, easy, but I definitely had still support, right? I mean, every my family was still very supportive. How about your husband? What was he? It's funny. Uh, It was funny because I was wondering if I was going to mention this because Steve is like the most supportive uh, Mm. person probably in my entire life. I mean, it should be that way. Right. If we say say that for real. Um, But I remember sitting down with him in our Colorado apartment and being like, I'm going to leave my job. Like, is that all right? And I remember because we were just in this season of change, he was like, I don't think that's a good idea. And so I was like, okay. So then the next day I went into work and I was like, okay, we just decided that I'm not going to quit my job. But then that day I went in and I quit my job (laughs) and I came back and I said to Steve, I was like, look, I did this because I knew that regardless you would support me. And I felt confidently that even if I did this thing that we decided that I shouldn't do like, I'll make it work. And I got us kind of thing. And then ever since then, he was just like, yeah, I'm on board. Like, you know, no problem, full on support. So it's funny. We talk about that day pretty frequently. And he's like, remember I said, don't do it. And I was (laughs) like, but still, you still gave me the support I needed. So yeah. That's um, awesome. Do you feel like making that decision kind of even clarified what you needed to do even more? Cause it's like, you went in and did the opposite thing. And it feels like by saying, you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to quit my job. By the time you got into work, it just felt so wrong that you were like, Oh yeah. I know what I I have to do. Yeah. I think for me that that season of my life was over. Um, And I think that going into work that morning and sitting down and thinking like, okay, you know, because when you are at a point where you're like, I don't know what to do next, right? You almost need to like fabricate the new plan or like think through the new path and be like, okay, I want to leave this job, but I'm at this job. I either need to like push forward and like emotionally and like mentally invest, or I need to just like go the other way. And so Mm -hmm. to me, I couldn't see the path of like mental, emotional investment. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, that's where I knew I was like, I knew I have to go the other way because I think too many people like go through the motions in something that they're not emotionally and mentally invested in for too long, just because it's quote unquote safe. Um, But I would argue that almost like pulling the cord and saying like, 
this is over because I know that I'm not mentally or emotionally invested. It has nothing to do with the business. This has nothing to do with what you're doing and your purpose. It just has to do with me. And, you know, I know that sometimes it might be a hard conversation to have. And I remember leaving this business being very difficult. Having the conversation yeah. was not one I enjoyed having, um, but I knew ultimately that it would serve my family and it would serve me. Yeah. That's awesome. And so what, I mean, it, you know, what you said earlier about, you know, not being afraid to leap. And then if you're wrong, leap again. <laughs> yeah. um, it feels like there's a balance in there between, um, you know, because I think any successful venture, you know, uh, especially a business takes consistency and takes, you know, sticking to it. So like, it, I guess it's just a gut feel, right? I mean, somewhere in the middle, there's a tipping point where you either feel like this is the right thing and it's more about commitment and just consistency or it's not the right thing. And I got to leap on to something else. Right. I mean, I guess yeah. that's just a gut feel. Yeah. I think for me, um, you know, this is such an interesting season of my life right now. Cause I am also going through like several different leaps. I feel like in my personal mm -hmm. and professional career, mm -hmm. um, I just became a new mom back mm -hmm. in uh, August. So Thank you. We're dealing with kind of that, right? So yeah. I think even um, personally and professionally, right, you go through these seasons of I need to change almost everything about mm -hmm. my day, right? And you have to kind of balance that, okay, I should be more present with my child, but I also need to do this consistent thing, which is, you know, work out every single day, right? I need to keep this thing for myself. So I think when we're trying to navigate seasons of change specific to leaps, it's really helpful to first have kind of those non-negotiables um, really, really lined out. Meaning for me, every business decision I've ever made, I look back and say, well, how does this serve my family, right? As the vehicle through which we like have our financial you know, freedom. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's that. And then it's how do I serve my clients the best or the, the real big two questions I ask, right? What are the needs of my family and the goals of my family? And what are the needs of my clients and my goals and my clients? And so those two things are kind of like the big guiding principles. And I think if folks can ground them themselves in like two very similar questions, whatever that means for them. Um, it really does kind of help keep things grounded, even though other things might change. Right. So for example, when I was doing, you know, just my contracted work with my four clients that I had in the beginning, it was just me. I could make whatever decisions that I wanted. My proposal process could look different, you know, whichever else. Right. And I think that once I started codifying what I decided I needed to do, then that was the perfect time for me to bring in somebody to help me to do that, which then changed my day to day, but it still kept that non-negotiable, i.e. fulfilling on clients and doing so with excellence the same. And so it's very meta, but like I almost processized my life, right? Like mm -hmm. I said, I did this thing really well and now I can have somebody else or something else serve this. Um, so that was something I think has been helpful for me, especially in growing the business. Now I'm in a position where I am looking at, you know, kind of 360 viewing, you know, not just ops, but HR and, and finance into 2020 and, or sorry, 2021 and 2022. So like with this season of, you know, getting better and more involved with my clients, my service offerings and what operations agency even does in this, you know, season of growth, I look back at my fundamentals and I say, okay, 
I did this consistently for two years. I gathered all this data. Here's what was amazing and here's what didn't work out so well. And that helps me really make solid informed decisions about how to move forward. Hmm. Um, so I'm a data person is probably yeah. the, the moral of that story really quickly. <laughs> and I would just say, gather the data and like decide to stick with something that feels like it answers those two fundamental questions for as long as it feels like it serves you and answer, answers those questions positively is probably the best advice yeah. I can give. And I feel like, you know, if you're not um, really, really motivated by the vision of what you're creating, that's probably a sign too, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I don't know, I think that the stronger your attachment to this vision of, of whatever you're leaping toward, you know, and want to build, I mean, the, the, that vision and that attachment to it will, will pull you through challenges and setbacks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it's been helpful. I know um, for me, I know one of my coaches in the past asked me like how I celebrate <laughs> um, when I like hit a milestone. And I remember responding that we plan the next thing. Like that's how I celebrate. Mm. I love the like visceral, like I imagine myself in my dream home. Like here's what the layout is. And like literally the other night, my husband and I like drew the blueprints together for our dream home so that oh, wow. we know that's like cool. this is what we're going to be doing. Mm. And that was like probably the most exciting evening we've had in like <laughs> since my son was born probably. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like, okay, this is what it's about, right? It's about like the process, right? It's the destination is just like a milestone in yeah. the whole process of life. Right. So like once we get our dream home, then like what, what's next, right? Like what is the next kind of pivotal point that we're going to take the next leap. Right. And I think for us, it's, I mean, obviously we, we just had our son, we want to grow a family, you know, if we're, you know, fortunate enough to do that. And I think for me, it's, it's just taking that stuff in stride, right? And saying like, there are going to be more leaps, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to take this one big profound leap, land in this beautiful blue pool of awesomeness. And then that's all it's going to be, right? It's going to be that you have to probably climb another structure and then leap off of that one too, and then climb yeah. another structure and leap off of that one. Yeah. The pool of awesomeness sounds pretty cool, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, the, yeah, that's, it's a constant leaping, isn't it? But I think mm -hmm. every time you do it, you get more confidence. You know, I think the one thing I've consistently heard about taking the leap is that you have to trust yourself, you know, and I think mm -hmm. every time you do a leap and even if it's leaping higher and higher, you just kind of trust in your own abilities to figure it out and trust in yourself. Yeah. I would say even if, even if the trust isn't exactly there yet, because I think through, um, like I have a younger brother, he's 13, and there's a, some intense pressure on kids these days to find out their thing super, mm -hmm. super early, right? And they might not even know who they are yet. They might not even know who they want to be. They might not know what they like or what they don't like. And I think even if you don't trust yourself yet, I still think that the practice of taking leaps and gambling on yourself um, and, and really taking those leaps, I think will help you trust yourself because mm -hmm. I think you have to force yourself to make it work. And I even remember thinking back to like myself there at 23, 22 years old, trying to go to law school. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of people look back and pretend like they know, or that this was like some profound thing. But for me, it felt like just another day. And I felt like just another person who had no idea what they were doing, you know? And I think that not enough 
conversation around that exists, that it's okay. Like if you don't have everything together, you can still make progress. You can still do the next thing or put out today's best work as, you know, Stephen Pressfield would even say, like encourage you to do that, put out today's best work and, and really not be afraid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen Pressfield. And um, that's what Seth Godin's book, his new book practice is all about is commit to the practice, not necessarily Mm -hmm. the outcome, right. Or the -hmm. the milestones, but commit to the practice of putting out your best work and, or, you know, and then continually making it better. Um, So that's, that's really, uh, really cool. So let me ask you, like you mentioned some mistakes, like that's one, like if you could go back and look at, you know, some things you would do differently, or are there some things along this journey you would do differently or, or maybe have some advice for people? Um, so I think that the way, so to provide a little bit of background, the way that I uh, started doing ops was I was kind of first everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I cast a really wide net and I supported my clients in a multitude of different ways kind of first. And then I refined that down to get really, really good at a couple of things. And now I'm looking at casting the net back out a little bit wider so I can kind of provide a little bit more soup to nut support. So for me, that felt really, really hectic in the beginning. Mm. Um, And I think that the thing I would encourage like my past self to think about is like, this is just a season of struggle, right? This is just a, like a a necessary time to struggle so that I can kind of get to my next thing. Because really what I did in the back, in hindsight, I did a lot of things. And then I started trying to do like the one thing way too early. Mm. So like I launched like a group, coaching program. Cause I was like, that's what I have to do. I have to launch a group coaching program. And in my infinite wisdom and the first year of my business, I was like, this is the path and serving people like really, really well and giving them specific results, like in an agency capacity. I just heard all this negative talk around, don't be an agency, right? Don't be a full service agency. And it's really, really difficult, I think, for folks to get their heads around ops. And it's just a language that very few people speak, at least what I've been learning in my time owning this business. And it was way more powerful for me to keep serving people in a one-on-one direct fashion. And I felt like as soon as I went back to that, and didn't try to put all my eggs in the group coaching program, we saw hockey stick growth. Like it was, Mm. it was exponential. And so I would say advice for folks growing their businesses is like, if you find something that works, um, don't try to implement like what has gotten somebody else, you know, super rich or super famous or gotten a lot of people results, right? You know, you follow, you know, these group coaching folks and they're like, this is how you do it one to many. And for me, um, you know, always to ask yourself, like what type of business you even want to grow, you know, Hmm. I'm cool with like my tiny little business. I love my tiny little business. It helps my family. It helps my clients. I just, love that. And so for me, if I was in a situation where my dream was to build a 50, 70, hundred million dollar business, right. Then that might look different with the group coaching one-to-many type of format. Right. But for me right now, I love helping my clients one-on-one. I like being really involved in their projects. I like being really involved with my team. Um, so yeah, moral of the story is don't try to fit yourself into something that some, you know, you know, really loud entrepreneur is talking about doing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of those out there. I mean, you, so you could mm-hmm. um, definitely uh, like, I, I kind of did the same thing. I was very broad at what I was doing and, you know um, 
really dialed it in, uh, but I waited quite a while. So, I, I mean, I didn't, I, I kind of felt I waited too long, but I think there's a balance in there. And I probably will, you know, look at, you know, expanding myself, but I think it mm-hmm. was, um, yeah, I, I think that's great advice is just kind of don't necessarily do what everybody's saying you have to do. I mean, just, you, you can feel it out and make it be what you want it to be. Cause I mean, that's the important thing, right? Is if you're following this journey and, you know, you said, you said it perfectly, it's the process that matters, not necessarily mm-hmm. the milestones and, uh, it, you know, the journey and enjoying the journey. So make that what you love to do and what you want it to be. Yeah. I, I can't agree more it, too, too early. I think we're forced yeah, to specialize. And sometimes I think it mm-hmm. ends up, uh, either regretful or, um, I don't know, maybe even just a little bit resentful, <laughs> yeah. right? You're like, Oh, I really wish I didn't pick the automotive industry. I wish mm-hmm. I picked something else. And you're like, well, you still can pick it. Yeah. But those are some great questions to ask yourself is, you know, who do I serve and how do I serve them? You mm-hmm. know, what's my best way of serving them, whether that's one-on-one or group coaching or some other way, you know, and, and you know, what um, do I love doing? You know, cause mm-hmm. there are people that love one-on-one, you know, coaching and consulting and, and um, trying to force yourself into doing gro- group just isn't right for you. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So um, one last question I get is uh, resources. You know, I, we've talked a lot about kind of purpose and trusting yourself. And, you know, you mentioned Stephen Pressfield, mm-hmm. uh, which I've read his stuff as well. Any other resources you found helpful along the way in terms of just kind of staying focused on your purpose or doing what you love and this whole journey side of things? Yeah. So I think I can, uh, there was definitely maybe a longer uh, answer to this question than you were probably initially. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But when I first started my business, like getting, um, you know, out of that, like one person, you know, Mm -hmm. solopreneur type vibe. And I started taking on my team members and all those things. I remember thinking to myself, like, who am I to run this business? Who am I to lead others? Mm -hmm. Who am I to write fill in the blank? And like all that imposter syndrome stuff started coming. And I know that's a buzzword today, but it really does happen, especially when, for example, like I would go home for the holidays, having been a year unemployed, right? Like in my family's (laughs) eyes. And I'm like, Hey, this is my new thing. And I have to speak confidently about that and be able to deliver that. And so one of the people I worked with really, really early on, his name's Chris Smith. Um, I'm sure you know him Mm-hmm. And I've met him several times, but yeah. he really teaches, um, you know, entrepreneurs how to like confidently show up and like be their brand and like, you know, be really, really confident in like what they're doing and how they're offering, how they provide uh, results for people. And I think just like clarifying that and like taking a look at like my story and how I came about and, you know, really how I help people, it really helped me um, as a leader and as, you know, just like a wife and a daughter and all of those things just to be able to confidently say like, Hey, Steve, we're going to invest 10 grand today. And that's going to be okay for our family. Like mm-hmm. I have done my research and like, I'm happy to come to you and like share with you about this exciting opportunity instead of like going to my husband and saying like, can I have $10,000 or can we do this or whatever? Right. So I think for me, that confidence building has kind of been the foundational piece because Mm. the season before I worked with Chris, I remember thinking to myself, like, I don't know if I can do this. Like as this business gets bigger and bigger and I start working with more and more, um, you know, 
just how do I put it like bigger businesses, right? Like once things get more real, then you start thinking like, wow, can I do this? And so I would encourage either a coach of that sort or a book of that sort to really help you like understand, um, some things about yourself and really understand like what type of leader am I, what type of results do I provide? Um, a really, really great book. I also read right around that very same time was called the motivation myth. Um, I forget who by, um, but it kind of said the same, um, you know, thing we've been circling around about like getting started with something like go on the path, you know, and take the first incremental step because you'll build motivation instead of being, you know, struck with it. Right. Right. So that was super, super helpful for me. Cause I remember, especially in that like group that was right around in that group coaching time. And I was like, this isn't working out. So like, do I even have business building a business? <laughs> like, is it just because I'm like an imposter, a fraud? And really it was like realigning myself with my business, with the work of Chris. And then like also just doing the little things, right? Like I was kind of waiting for like a full group coaching program. And I was mm -hmm. really upset when I didn't have that. And I'm a super high achieving person. And so taking that was like, just swallowing it down was like really hard. Um, anyway, so that uh, motivation myth was amazing. Anything by Stephen Pressfield, Ryan Holiday, Obstacle mm -hmm. is the way. I love that one because it kind of repositions the way that you um, view like issues, right? Like mm -hmm. things that come up in your path that could have been negative or you could have just folded up shop or whatever. Um, so I love that one. That one's great. And then I am an also a religious Seth Godin reader, listener as well. Mm -hmm. So he is just like probably one of the most profound <laughs> authors, I would say of, of my time, um, at least. So yeah. I think he, he's wonderful. Yeah. Those are all great. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are all ones I've, uh, uh, done as well. And, and so last, last thing we've talked about a lot of things, but, mm -hmm. um, what would be your advice to someone out there listening to this with a big dream, big idea, um, you know, debating whether to do it or now's the time to do it, or should I do it? What would be, you know, to sum everything up, what would be your advice to that person? Do something today. Yeah. Like it doesn't need to be the leap. It can just be a small thing. If you're at a nine to five, if you're at your job, or if you're in a situation that you don't want to be in, take an hour, 30 minutes, 25 minutes to just like imagine what that other path would be, or do a little bit of research or file something, like do something, something that kind of puts you on that path. Because I think for a lot of people too, and I mean, I've seen it in the past with, you know, colleagues of mine and, and whatnot, right. You can exist in your nine to five and still be making progress towards your other thing, right. You can Absolutely. be doing nights and weekends, you can be doing other things. And so it could really help refine not only that vision, but also help build that confidence. When the leap comes, you can mm -hmm. recognize it and you can go all in. Um, so I would say start today, start something today. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Just start taking action. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, um, if, if people, uh, want to learn more about you and learn more about your business, where would they go to do that? Operationsagency.com. I got a resources ah. page. Yeah. You want to check ah. me out any of that stuff. Um, I'm also on Facebook, so feel free to send me a message if you dare. That's awesome. That's the yeah. website you threw up a uh, long time ago for that client. Huh? <laughs> Actually <laughs> talk about making bad decisions or not bad decisions, but ones that gets changed is my original business name was called the Wolf Inc. 
Um, the wolf from Pulp Fiction, the guy who just kind of comes in and cleans up all the messes. And so yeah. that was like my original brand, just like Ali coming in, cleaning up the messes and doing all those things. So that was the domain I put up <laughs> and still own to this day. Um, super fun uh, story that not very many people know about me is I used to be the Wolf Inc. <laughs> the Wolf Inc. Well, I love operations agency too. So no, thanks. Kurt. I appreciate, I appreciate, uh, appreciate all your time today. This has been awesome chatting with you and getting all your, your feedback and, and advice for everyone. So I really appreciate your time. Yeah, I had a great time. Thanks for having me. All right. And I guess I'd just say, keep doing great things. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. <laughs> all right. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Leap to Purpose podcast. You can learn more about us and join the community at leaptopurpose.com. See you there.